podcast where I interview men because I want men to talk. Today, I'm joined by Sam Owens. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Lewis. Great, great to be here and, and thank you for having me on board. Good, good. Thank you. Appreciate your time. So, as always, I start with the hardest question and my favourite question. Sam, in your own words, what does it mean to be a man? What makes Sam a man? So, very, uh, very good question and sort of a very big question. Um, I guess for me, it's more the sort of values, for, for me, certainly the values that I try and aspire to, to sort of live by. Um, so I guess the, the main ones are around sort of loyalty. Um, so, you know, in relationships and family and friends, and I think most importantly as well to, to your word, um, it sort of transcends into to the next value, which I think is sort of super important for me anyway, um, is, is honesty, being um, trustworthy, true to your word. Um, and do not lie. I think it's nothing more than a toxic trait when you have sort of the tendency to lie. So I think that's really important, um, certainly as a man, but for a person, any any person. Um, and then it's being supportive um, to, to people. You know, if you can be that rock, um, whether it's a, a, an ear, a set of ears to, to sort of listen to someone's problems or, um, you know, support them however, however you can, I think that is a really important um, sort of trait. Um, and I guess finally, just just being dependable, being reliable, you know, someone that's always going to show up, um, you know, not not someone that's going to sort of flake, but you can always re- rely on them. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, my um, my sort of interpretation anyway, uh, certainly from a values and traits perspective. Yeah, nice. It's uh, it's really interesting to hear everyone's sort of uh, answer to that question. You get some some common themes. There were some uh, some nice ones in there that we've not sort of touched on before. I imagine people uh have thought about them but just never sort of uh sort of touched on them so it's uh it's always nice to get to get those opinions so what i'd love to know is sort of where where that all sort of stems from and, and, and why you sort of sort of form those values so it'd be great to just sort of rewind a little bit and sort of go back to um sort of childhood and sort of what sort of got you into that position what family was like what, what it was like growing up for for yourself yeah no um yeah i guess a, a great sort of um way, way to sort of position things so um, so very, very fortunate. Um, myself had a great, great childhood, um, sort of fairly um, kind of standard, you know, great, great sort of school life, great friendship group, um, really supportive family and parents, you know, went through school, went went to uni, et cetera. Um, so really sort of, um, I guess, um, relatively um, kind of by the book sort of childhood. Uh, but I guess it's just, you know, you, you encounter many um, different kinds of, of people um, that you meet along your journey. So, you know, albeit from playing football in the playground all the way through to, to meeting your sort of first friends at, at university and then, you know, to go on to, to to get a job. And I guess you start to see trends of, um, I guess, character traits that that you you, you look up to and, and obviously various sort of role models you meet along the way, whether that's um, a famous role model that you may um, sort of see on, on TV or, or sort of idolise, um, you know, on, on a sports field all the way through to, you know, your first line manager, your first sort of mentor or lecturer at university, all those pivotal um, sort of role models at school, you know, your teachers, your sports coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think that the main one, though, um, around sort of being honest and trustworthy, you know, my parents always taught me, um, you know, just to be, um, you know, whatever you do in life, just give it your your, your best shot. And an honest day's work for an honest day's pay is sort of what they always um, had the mantra of and I think you know just being honest as a person I think so often that you encounter people and you almost have to take the occasional person with a pinch of salt are they over exaggerating or are they you know being wholly truthful so I think you know if you can just be honest with, with yourself and it, it's sort of a great I guess uh, 
you know a, a great sort of stick in the in the sand and, and you know like you're being a being a good person by being honest and trustworthy so that's probably my most important sort of value and, and trait I just want to be honest to be trustworthy and I think I've had that sort of instilled in me from, from a relatively young age nice uh, uh, uh was it uh bend it like Beckham was that your uh <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> you can tell <laughs> um yeah, awesome. It's interesting that you sort of retouch on the uh, the trustworthy side of things. I mean, when there's a sort of fine line between fake it till you make it and that sort of that other side of it. So I would I would sort of like to touch about on um, I guess societal pressures because you sort of said you had quite a nice group of friends and pretty traditional route uni work and just sort of carried on down that down that road. So as when you were growing up, what were your views on sort of Outside pressures, we talked about superstars, but also from sort of the playground as well. What was what was that like? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So I grew up in North Wales um, in a small town called Colwyn Bay. And I think, obviously, first and foremost, a, a wonderful place to, to grow up. It's, um, you know, I certainly look back on it now and was very fortunate to sort of live very close to the sea. You've got Snowdonia um, National Park, fantastic place to, to live, but also somewhat a bit of a bubble because arguably you're, you're you're somewhat protected from those sort of external pressures. We, we weren't used to sort of city life or um, the, the sort of fast paced uh, life that obviously you acquire when you go to the cities or when you do a little bit of traveling. Um, I think the main sort of pressures as certainly as a, as a child, it was kind of peer, not peer pressure, but you know, you always compared yourself against your peers. So whether that's in school, whether that's sports, um, you know, are you, um, are you always going to get picked for that, that sports team? And for me, my um, my main sport was was tennis. Um, I played a little bit of a um, little bit of sort of cricket, um, a few years playing sort of rugby. Albeit, um, I think anyone who knows me can attest to the fact that I was not a good rugby player. Um, but certainly, tennis and cricket, I played. Um, and I guess the the only sort of pressures you really felt at those sort of young ages were: Am I definitely going to make the team? And where am I going to be on that batting? Um, you know, list. Am I going to you know? Am I going to get a chance to bowl? Is someone going to overtake me? So there's almost you know competitive elements to a degree but also you're, you're sort of constantly comparing yourself to your peers and it's the same in school as well you know even when they put you into sets and then they rank you and they announce their you know the grades to, to to the class so I think you know without realizing it you you get exposed to sort of societal um, pressures but as I say albeit ours was sort of relatively you know contained um, in sort of North Wales but I think when you leave that environment certainly for me I, I left North Wales to then go to university um, in Bath, which was a fantastic experience. But then you start to realise that there's more pressures. And I guess the closer you come to, um, I guess, being removed from that sort of safety net of school, you start to realise it's not just um, a case of, well, where am I going to be in that sports team? Where am I in the class? It's, um, you start to have pressures around, well, well finances. So obviously, you know, living independently as a, as a student, when you leave school, you have very limited resources. It's going to last you a long way. Do you, do you get a job? Do you um, do you sort of, again an internship replacement etc and you start to realize there is a lot more sort of external societal pressures um you know are you um you as well as that are you going to to sort of the right right places the, the cool places so to speak as well so um you start to get exposed to a lot more um yeah a lot more pressure and I guess my timing of being at university as well was when Instagram started to um I guess uh motor through the app store and, and garner a lot of traction so um, my, my days were very much um, when Instagram was basically just a filter, um, a, a fancy filter that people thought they're cool photos. It's a nice filter. 
it quickly became people flexing and showing off items and arguably a very warped sense of life. Obviously, you know, I didn't do anything of, of, of the sort, but but nonetheless, you start to think, well, how is that 20-year-old, 21-year-old, um, how are they in that particular car, in that particular, you know, hotel destination, whatever it may be, and, you know, things that I'd have probably never been too concerned with previously, they start to, you know, come into your head and you think, well, if they're doing it, am I slacking here? Is, um, you know, is this a realistic is this realistic to, to be in that position at that particular age? So, you know, without realizing it, you, you quickly sort of get exposed to more and more sort of social pressures, I suppose. Yeah. I, what's really interesting there is sort of your whole take on that and like how they were sort, sort, sort of fed into you, but you also touched on sort of playing sport and the competitive side of things. So where or how do you sort of find that balance? Because competitive, competitive nature is important, right? I think it's really important for, for young boys, young men, and even older men, Jesus Christ, we're all competitive uh, uh, in some way, shape or form, to continue that competitive streak. But how do you find that fine balance between coming to social pressures and that um, side of staying competitive, I guess? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think the competitive uh, point is really, really interesting. I mean, we've all had either a sports game or a game of Monopoly or whatever it may be, any form of competitive you know, agenda with, with someone. And there's always that one person that takes it a little bit too far. You know, they are so competitive to the point that it's almost unpleasant. So <laughs> as long as I can be somewhere on that barometer of, you know, not being at that end, obviously, you know, it's enjoyable to be participating, to play and et cetera. And obviously we would like to win. I'm going to do everything within my um you know within my capability to win i think there is sometimes a bit bit too too much um on the other side but equally i think it's, it's important to be competitive in sort of every element of life and you know as i touched upon some of these unrealistic you know warped senses of well you know, that 20 year old clearly might well may have that lamborghini but who, who knows what well, i've seen it on instagram am i really going to be comparing myself to that person and no and i think the way i look at it is we're all running sort of our own races you know you set sort of I guess goals um, and obviously, you know, lots of goals screamed together comes into, you know, sort of a vision and you all set your sort of visions or certainly I, I do. And, and I know I'm, we're all running our own race and it's just being very content with where, you know, you are at that given moment in time. And I guess sort of self accountability, whether that's in sport, whether that's in business, whether that's in, you know, your relationships, whatever it may be, I think it's important to, to know you're all running your own race. And certainly for me, um, you know, there's times when I know why well, I need to be competitive because this is, you know, a peer comparison here, or this is just a completely unrelated, I'm, you know, I shouldn't even be concerned myself that that individual is, um, you know, posting X, Y, Z or, or whatever it may be. So I think, yeah, just being sort of very in, in your lane and in, in a good way though, and, you know, just, you know, focusing on constantly improving yourself, et cetera, um, without the need to sort of, uh, yeah, uh, be overly competitive on, on every element of life. I don't know if that sort of answered the, the question. Yeah, no, I, I think I picked a couple of things that were, were quite interesting. I got like your, almost like a way of questioning it, right? So it's like looking at what's out there and going, it, that's great for them. Do I need to compare myself to that? And do I now need to push myself further? Or is it a case of actually, no, right now, just because they're similar age to me and they're posting X, Y, Z, I'm actually not going to focus on that. I'm actually going to focus on my goals and, and my sort of my sort of vision was that sort of the... exactly yeah and I think that's that that's super important um you know fo focusing on your sort of self and your own individual goals and you know you keep ticking off it's, it's like the whole concept of you hear there's loads of sort of thought leadership on writing to-do lists with the most tiny and arguably mundane little tasks but as you sort of tick them off you know you get closer and closer to sort of completing that list there's a sense of sort of 
you know, accomplishments. So having loads of little goals as an individual to, to sort of rattle through uh, before you know it, you, you just keep incrementally improving and sort of getting closer to, to that vision, really. Nice. So let's sort of sort of move on from sort of union sort of that that's first step into to adulthood where you sort of take that that career leap and you start to decide what you're what you're going to do next what did what did that look like how was that led and how did you sort of find those those early years in in career yeah again re- really interesting question and i think to segue into the point that you mentioned earlier about those sort of external sort of societal pressures as well so I went to um, university, did a business degree, and there was a couple of um, a couple of six month placements within my degree, and it was a good chance to either see is this the perfect career for you, or it's two attempts to find out what isn't right for you. So um, I did two two fantastic placements, one um, in the sort of employee benefit space, and the other for a management consulting. Sort of both were were fantastic experiences, but sort of had uh, had it in my head that I wanted to go into the world of of banking, and again. And, um, you know, hearing some of your, you know, you, you sort of requisite course members or people that were at a similar sort of university, wherever it may be. And they're saying, oh, well, we got this banking job X, Y, Z. Then it's like, well, now I'm now I'm being competitive and <laughs> now I need to pull my socks off because I know there's limited spaces in these sort of banking, either graduate schemes or internships. I need to, you know, sort of set myself uh, or stamp, you know, stand out against the, the crowd really. So that's when sort of competitive um, sort of behaviour sort of c- comes into play but landed a, a graduate scheme well, actually sort of uh, it's called a spring week um, at one of the banks which then led on to a grad scheme and then um, so on and, and so forth so my first sort of two years in, in sort of my, my proper career I say the placements were, were still you know, they were still obviously my career and sort of early stages of it but you know finding a, a job that I really enjoyed I did sort of just over two years at a, um, a bank in, in London on the sort of trading floor side of things which was was super fun um learned so much i mean talk about um you know i guess the the sort of traits and um kind of values that you pick up on from some role models met some fantastic people that taught me an awful lot but i've always had sort of a niggling um itch to to do to do something for, for myself effectively so and this sort of segues into how how we know each other um so i decided to, to sort of take the leap uh, after doing two years in the job, absolutely loved it, but wanted to set up a men's e-commerce uh, luxury bag brand. So decided to move up to, to Manchester and and uh, join an accelerator where obviously uh, the two of us met. Yep, that's it. Um, ironically, both both worked in finance, but met um, in t-shirts trying to- Absolutely. She's always funny. So just touching on just touching on london like it's it's a city that people sort of strive to get to and, and want to and obviously working in finance working in banking was that was there a shift then was cuz the the money side of banking and your your sort of your peers and that sort of yeah saying it in a nice way it's it's, it's it can be quite a showy and quite a testosterone led field so how did you sort of cope with that yeah. you I- I think the main thing I, I absolutely I say I loved loved my time there, and I think there came a point where I was more focused on doing something that's more meaningful for, for myself and where where my true passion is. And I think I'm of the view that if you're good enough at a particular field or you do you know what you truly love, there you know you can make money in, in what whatever sort of industry or whatever sort of route you choose to go down. I think finding that sort of true true passion, something you can see yourself 
doing for decades and, and even, you know, past the point where you could arguably be retiring if you've still got that hunger and passion to do something. And I think that's just, just reflecting on the fact that was I potentially doing it for the wrong reasons? Had I been lured in because it was potentially a competitive thing that I should have been doing and, um, you know, arguably chasing what I thought was, you know, a nice sort of, you know, salary, et cetera. Um, you know, you could see, you could, you could very easily go down the route of seeing, well, if I stayed at this for five, 10, 15 years, you could start to forecast that. And I just sort of questioned to myself whether that's sustainable for, for me, whether I'd truly enjoy that. And I think that's a really important factor to consider, you know, the the financial aspects of the job is is purely just one of many aspects. Obviously, I said I was very fortunate to work with some fantastic people, but was this the, was this the sort of industry or career that was going to get me up? Um, stupidly early in the morning which it did because it was uh, stupidly early uh, hours but you know, yeah. it wasn't the thing I was truly truly passionate about and look, London's a fantastic city and I'd always aspired to sort of go down there and I'm really glad I, I ticked it you know off off my sort of checklist and would be very open to, to sort of going down um, to London again uh, but yeah for, for me the most important thing was to to do what I was passionate about and I, I've always been sort of passionate to start businesses I've had you know, numerous ideas written down in you know copious amounts of um, sort of uh, scribble down books over the years. So yeah, re- really, um, it was just a that sort of reset where I thought I need to, I have to do this. I'll kick myself um, for, for the rest of my life if I if I don't take the plunge. No, nice. I think one thing that I'm sort of picking up, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is everything that you're sort of talking about, even from like a younger age. Everything you seem to question it. And uh, is that is that a fair fair thing to say? Like you're questioning what's happening and making. Yeah, more more recently though, I'd say when I say more recently, possibly the la- the later years of, of school going into to university, etc. I think it's very easy to get sort of almost institutionalized on a conveyor belt and actually, you know, challenging the norm. I mean, I, my, my from my family's perspective, I was the, the first person to well, certainly my immediate family to sort of go to university. So. Um, you know, my, there was no sort of pressure for my mum and dad to do so but once I got on that conveyor belt all I thought you know you'd go to uni you'd get your job etc etc but I was like do I really want to do that so I've always sort of thought you know I want a business and would like to do that one day so probably questioning it at various sort of check check marks or checkpoints along the career journey uh, and just sort of you know resetting and you know is this absolutely what I want to be doing and I think that's important to, to do so because it could be very easy to get caught up in a conveyor belt almost um, and you often speak to, to people that have possibly not exited a particular industry or not taken that leap, which they wish they'd have done 10 to 20 years ago. So I think it is important to question things. But perhaps I did that inadvertently without intent in the earlier years. And certainly over the last sort of five to 10 years, definitely uh, more, um, yeah, more proactively. Yeah, nice. And then the other the other thing that I sort of picked up from that was taking value from every experience. So 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think that's so important. You know, real life um, experience, whatever job it may be, you're going to pick a skill. And I think it's having the, the mindset to think, well, um, what have I learned? Like, what positives can I take away from this? Even if it was something you didn't particularly enjoy, you know, there's always some positives and some value to, to be had. I mean, um, you know, fa- fast forward after um, that to talk about, I guess, some more sort of learnings and values that you can take from these experiences. Um, unfortunately, um, I decided to sort of part ways with the sort of e-commerce bag business and, and go into another sort of financial services uh, job. And again, you know, that's a, a pretty bitter pill to, to swallow. Um, obviously, you know, something I'd aspired 
to do football, many different factors. I realised that, that this is something that I, I couldn't do full-time immediately for, for, yeah. for myself. I needed a supplementary job. And, and you think, oh, okay, well, that's a, you know, as I say, a pretty sort of bitter pill to swallow. But you, you, you get stronger from it. You learn things. You meet great people. Um, you take things away. And then, you know, every subsequent experience I've gone on to, to have, there are so many positives to, to take away from things. And it, it sort of shapes you into the person you are as I say I've, I've sort of cherry-picked some of the, the character traits that I like that I've seen from either as I say people that you admire on you know arguably like celebrity status versus those that you, you encounter on a day-to-day basis and I think the more experiences you have the more people you're exposed to and that's either do I like their set of character traits is this something that I want to you know t- cherry-pick the best bits there or is it completely toxic and do I just reaffirm that I want to stay away from possessing those particular character traits you always learn something and, and pick up um, something which shapes you. Yeah. I what, what I really like about this and something that you're sort of touching on that I'm really quite sort of passionate about is essentially living life, right? A lot of influencers and a lot of people out there right now in the sort of self-help space, essentially where, where I've sort of found myself right now, is these are my mistakes. You don't make these. This is what I've done. So don't make these mistakes. Whereas I'm the complete opposite. I think the quicker you can live life and the more things you can try and the more things that you can experience. I mean, I'm just 30. I've lived in three different countries. I've done a myriad of uh, ideas and, and worked in number of sectors and I've lived a life. Like I have, I have stories. It makes you a more interesting person. Right. And I think, you're hitting the nail on the head, which is like, just learn from life and question it and just carry on. Absolutely. I bet you wouldn't have changed um, any of those decisions as well to live in any of those three countries. It's just life experience, right? Um, and it's uh, invaluable. Yeah, definitely. Like they've all come with their, as you said, you you meet great people. You also meet not so great people and you have some great experiences and you also have some not great experiences. But as long as you can take lessons from them, and you can question what happened and you can understand it. The next time you find yourself in something similar, you don't make the same mistakes. And it's 100%. a bit And it's all right, some guy sitting, you and I sitting here saying, don't do that, you'll you'll regret it. We did it and it was stupid. You, they still go and do it anyway. Um, so go and do it. L- live life as quickly as possible and make mistakes and sort of and sort of learn from them. So saying that, you obviously said that. The the econ brand didn't didn't work out and it was a bit a bit of pill to to swallow. What was that transition like? How did you sort of feel in yourself, sort of going from working for myself? I've got this great idea. This is going to be the one to having to sort of step back into a into another role. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I mean, first and foremost, you have to be pragmatic, or at least I felt like I had to be sort of fairly pragmatic with it financially. You needed I needed the the income to obviously you know pay for. Uh, accommodation you know living etc so I think that became the point where I was like okay this is like let's be realistic here let's um let's sort of get a get another role but I think what I what it did make me feel is that I need to be really selective with the next role that I um that, that I take um so that took sort of a little while to find the opportunities that I thought could I see myself doing this for a prolonged period of time and what were the best bits that I liked in my previous role could I get anything close to that um, in a new city so by this time I'm in Manchester and not London um, so I think it's just being a little bit more more critical there. Um, you know, what what would enable me to to stay in a particular role for um, a, say a prolonged period of time and and not um, and not sort of feel that I need to um, to do something more, so to speak. 
I mean, the, the irony there is um, obviously I think you'd be able to attest for this as well. Obviously, when you do start a business or attempt to start a, a business, that that never goes away. And I think truthfully, I've always wanted to sort of go again and sort of waited for for, for the right time, really. So although um, obviously I entered the subsequent role um, with obviously great, great intentions again, um, you know, sort of subsequently left to, to start another venture. But I think it's, again, where I'm going with this, it was like I'm down but not defeated sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we'll, we'll build on it. What what skill sets could I also bridge as well? So can I learn a new skill from this new role that would enhance the arsenal of skills that will make me a better entrepreneur next time around? Um, so again, that was definitely in the, uh, that was definitely in the sort of prerequisites for, for, for the next role. Yeah, I like that because I, ironically, we, both of our businesses during that accelerator, no, no shame on the accelerator. Like we're too, we've, we've, we've gone on to bigger and better things, but uh, yeah, both of our businesses didn't sort of make it past the end of uh, our time together on the accelerator. And you, you looked at it as an opportunity to upskill, find more skills and other things like that. When I went in, back into the world of work, I saw it as an opportunity to, to leave where I was. So I moved to London with, with my role. I took a role that was based in London and that was my sort of idea of opportunity was like, right, okay, I've done this city. Let's go and try somewhere else using those skill sets I've already learned. So it's just deciding sort of what route or what works for you at that at that time. 100%. Yeah, and there's no obviously right, right or wrong uh, way. And as you said before, it's, you know, living life as quickly as possible and, you know, um, doing, doing what's right at the time. So I'm sure you learned a lot during your experiences in London as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I soon went back into into a business as well, but it was, uh, yeah, it was essentially used as an excuse to to move there. I found a role and and took took that took that leap and and made that decision. So that sort of leads me on to quite a nice question, actually, which is sort of like uh, one of the things that we're sort of focusing on at Truman is these eight pillars and. One of those is environment, and it's not about being like green and um, recycling and washing your jars out, but it's more about where you are and where you're based and sort of uh, looking at that. So for me, I've, I, I like exploring, I like testing new places, and I've, I've, I've always got that itch. I don't know where it comes from. I don't actually know uh, at all, but I do. I like to, to go and live in other countries and live in other places, and I, I find it very easy to move about with yourself is is that something that you thought does that go into the equation what's 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 it like for you um yeah I, I mean I must admit I've always wanted to to travel probably more than I than I have done um I've done very little I mean I've been on holidays obviously and the occasional you know two or three week here or here or there whatever it may be but never to live um to live abroad obviously I, I mentioned that I'd lived in London for a bit moved, moved to Manchester as well but for environment for me I think what I look for is I think somewhere where I can um, build a support network. So whether that's friends and family. Um, and I think as well as that, it's ensuring you're surrounding yourself with the right people. So environment for me is very sort of people led. So for example, when we went into to lockdown um, at that time, I was in, uh, was in a sort of a, a, a salaried role and I hated lockdown because I was on my own for most of the day. I'll be, you know, my, my, uh, my fiance lived, um, with me or did, did live with me um, and so I wasn't alone in that sense just alone away from the team you know virtual teams etc so I quickly learned and that's probably a learning and a, probably a positive learning from from COVID that I'm terrible on my own um, I need like I need a team I thrive in a team environment 
Um, so again, making sure that I'm around um, your know, friends, um, your know, colleagues, support network, etc. And I think somewhere as well, like I'm a bit of a workaholic, but I will happily have spots in the house where I know that I can completely chill out as well. So having a bit of a, um, I guess, a head space kind of focused room or, or zone in the house where you can, you know, re really sort of chill out and draw that line between work and, um, you know, work and sort of downtime. However, to attest, I am a bit of a workaholic, so I will always either be on my phone or, or my laptop. But I think it's those times, recognizing those times when you need environment where you need to sort of de-stress etc having I guess maybe either a, a place you go to or a protocol I mean another great thing as well is you know when you say environment it's being around so I love being around the countryside so I'm not a million miles away from some really nice green spaces where I can go for a nice walk stick a podcast in clear the head a little bit and I guess I quickly learned that these kind of patterns or um, things I do were, were probably really good to just you know keep a keep a clear head whereas it was very exemplified in, in COVID where you got that sort of one hour walk a day or whatever it was and you know your team are remote and you, you have very little social interaction and you know the gyms are closed etc cetera, etc cetera. then you're thinking wow um, what what is the step change here why am I feeling different whereas now I'm able to identify well actually these are the things that that make me uh, make me tip make me happy etc but I guess in a really elongated way, I've never really felt the need to sort of go and travel to, um, I'd love to do it one day, um, but not a dying urge. Um, yeah. Hopefully one day I do get to sort of, you know, uh, live, live somewhere new, live somewhere a bit different, but, but for the time being fairly content in, uh, in Manchester. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with COVID. I think it, it definitely questioned it, which is something that people will not have done in the past. It would have been very easy to, to live, in xyz do xyz and be around certain people and then when things were strangulated essentially and sort of uh compressed to a few rooms in a house it soon opened up a lot of questions i had friends that left london instantly and uh and went out into the into the country I stayed, I was in a fortunate position that I had that segregation um, office and uh, the rest of the house, which was, again, really important. But you're right, it's it's that that COVID time just for me and clearly for yourself and hopefully for other people as well, it started to, started to question that and start to see what it is that they wanted. For me, after COVID, now that we've got freedom again, I instantly want to go. Like, I just, like, I'm... I'm at the airport when I can and like and I need to need to fill my passport. But for other people nice. that's not the case. So like it's you've got to if you've not questioned it because of COVID, you should probably start start looking at it because it's very easy to make simple changes. Like I know you've um you were in Manchester City Centre and you've obviously uh, moved out a little bit but like I say access to country which is something that's ticked that box for you so it's not too difficult to change certain aspects and again a little headspace room it's not a, it's not a difficult thing to achieve um, 100% 100% um, yeah and then you you touched on environment actually being a number of things and one of those things being sort of a support network so in regards to sort of your friends now and again sort of work work friends as well i guess is like there's sort of that different different side of the the same coin uh what's what are those relationships like how do you sort of unwind and how how needed are they for you yeah that's a good question something that 
I would argue um, never really sort of um, critiqued it until over sort of COVID as well. And I think my, I'm very fortunate. I've got a lot of great, great sort of friends, great close family as well. Um, but realized I've, I've got this um, you know, really sort of supportive group that I can go to them, turn to them professionally um, you know, when you're having sort of um, you know, either difficult days, more um, stressful days, you know, you've got someone at the other end of a phone or or has similar sort of experience so i've got a good mix of friends who are either entrepreneurs themselves or who are in um you know sort of relate to some of the um to to the stresses and i think a problem shared is is definitely problem halved so um obviously when you are a a business owner and we can sort of get in later but there is um there is sort of a step into the unknown with certain elements things that you might have not um experienced so if, if you've got a support network of people that have been there and, and it makes what might seem like a mountain actually something very you know tiny and a sort of speed bump that you can easily overcome I think another thing which is great I'm surrounded every day by a great team of co-founders and all of which are extremely active and um, I think inadvertently as I sort of went through my career um, the sort of early stages of it I quickly became this workaholic that probably neglected um, a bit of sort of the health and fitness side. I'm always sort of gone to the gym, but probably the wrong kind of training. So being around um, people that are um, very much into the you know the healthy mindset, healthy you know healthy body, healthy mind, great influence for for myself as well. So you know, inadvertently, my friendship group are actually ticking lots of different boxes. That firstly, I've got that sort of outlet where I've got my friends, social side, which I get a lot of enjoyment from. I've got support professionally um, within my network and then obviously you know fitness and health as well um, and I think you are it's a very cliched thing to say but you are absolutely the aggregate of the people that you do spend the most time with so very fortunate on a few of those different areas um, through, through through my network and definitely sort of um, it, it encourages me and inspires me to sort of improve really in all those different areas. Amazing so yeah I I had the f- the fortunate pleasure of uh, attending your your birthday party and i can say hands down that everyone in that room was was essentially your best mate which is a test to yourself and i really want to just sort of touch on something that you some of your values that you touched on at right at the beginning of this sort of uh, podcast and i think that's one of the reasons as to why your friendship bonds must be so strong is that you are you are who you say you are you are on the tin so um yeah i just wanted to say that that's i mean going all the way back it's because one of the questions would be how do you how do you sort of build those relationships and i think it's quite clear from from my experience with with yourself that it's um trust integrity and uh, just being a nice bloke really um, has allowed you to uh, appreciate that to maintain those relationships. Would you say that that's a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, th- thank you very much. It's yeah. very, very kind to uh, very kind to say, but I think absolutely a very good trait that you I didn't call out, but you you sort of touched there is it integrity. I think that's an important one. But again, just being a nice person, um, you know, I don't see the need to be. I'd rather put someone up than feel the need to sort of put, put someone down. And I know you you must have encountered. We've t- talked about many great people, many not so great people, and there are oh too many people in, in society that have the need to just put a, a snidey comment here a snidey comment there and before you know it you know you're not a nice person when you say stuff like that so just being cost nothing to be a good person um and obviously um yeah i stand by the, the sort of um 
the, the values and, and traits that I mentioned before. But yeah, re- really kind, kind words. So, so thank you. Would you would you say that that is like how would you say you've sort of gone about find, finding your network and keeping your network um, and your your group of friends? How do you keep that sort of? That that is actually interesting. I think there's two two lines here. I think there's your your well, actually maybe, maybe not so much. But you have your friends and you have your network. And I've seen it before where people have this network and they say they've got a network. It's very transactional. If they want something from someone, they ask, 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 take, take, take. I don't sort of give in return. So that to me is not really like a relationship. It's not a nurtured sort of relationship. And I'm I'm not saying that my friendship and my network. I've I've overly engineered this in that way where I'm thinking oh. Can, I might be able to utilize them one day. I'm gonna yeah. be nice. Now that is not the purpose. If I, you know, if I if I like someone, I get on with them, and you know, we we share similar values. So it's gonna sort of stay in contact. But I think little things, you know, checking in how they're doing, you know, how's business, how's how was your weekend, etc. And um, I've noticed over the years that a lot of people that I thought were, you know, a lot closer to me than perhaps they they are now don't tend to proactively, you know, reach out. How are things? How is it going? And I think you just sort of carve this. Um, you, you have sort of a big circle of friends or network that can be slightly condensed. So I think, you know, to maintain a good relationship professionally or, you know, socially, it's just making it a two-way street. You know, as I say, there are a lot of transactional, um, more acquaintance relationships. And I don't really sort of see the, the point in that. If I've enjoyed someone's company or, you know, we, we're aligned, you know, I'm going to keep in contact. And um, I think that that's sort of super important. You're making things a two-way street and not just take, take, take. I mean, I'm sure you've seen over the years, you know, very transactional, um, you know, individuals who are quite happy to, to to sort of take what you're offering effectively or ask you for that favour. But you know, when it comes to being reciprocated, it's it's never done so. No, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, can think of a few. I think um, <laughs> won't won't name drop today. Uh, one thing that's uh, that sort of stands out that I I personally was dreadful for I. When I was in London, I was a shell of a man. I was looking at some photos, and I just looked dreadful. Um, but it's that—it's that just that little, even just a hey or just a, a how you doing? Or they might not respond. But for you, as and for me now, that's something that I actively try to do: is I will reach out to someone. I, I actually have it on my like to do is to reach out to one friend every week and just see how they are. Might be a phone call, might be a text, just someone different every time because I allowed a lot of those relationships to just fizzle and not be, I wasn't proactive in them. And I think it's very easy to be hold a grudge almost and be like, well, they're not reaching out to me. So I'm not reaching out to them. Whereas like, well, if you want the relationship, just reach out. Like it's not no long-term. Right. So um, yeah, I, that's something that I actively do now and uh, try to, try to keep to we're busy people everyone's busy right but like it's it's important to do and i think with me moving back uh up north i've i've really appreciated friendships and i've really tried to sort of grow them and and, and nurture them and and yeah try to try to keep them alive and it's tough like you're in i'm in several whatsapp groups i'm sure you are as well where it's like it's either just a load of crap being said in there or nothing at all so it's it is hard and i just sort of went outside the whatsapps and just messaged these people directly and you end up having relatively normal conversations with them rather than a crap ton of memes and uh, <laughs> other shite in there but yeah that's um yeah it was it was interesting that you sort of you said that as well so um yeah great 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 little uh 
anecdote, I guess. Nice. Well, I like the uh, to-do list anyway of, of reaching out to someone every week. I may, may add that to, uh, to, to mine. It's, uh, it's nice. Nice to do. Yeah. Well, not everything has to be, like you say, transactional or business orientated or whatever your focus is right now. There's got to be got to be balanced. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to ask a question in two parts that will allow you to sort of segue into your next bit of your story, but also sort of bring in some other things. So you were you were going through a number of roles and you decided to take the leap with your with your new co-founders. What was the conversation like with uh, your partner and sort of the sort of uh, closer closer uh, family? Because you'd done it once, and yeah, I've yeah, it'd be great. To yeah, th- so contrary to what I think a lot of so I have some friends who would have had the opinion of what what are you doing, but from uh, for my partner she um she's super supportive i mean for whatever i've done she's extremely supportive and has a lot of confidence which is great because i think this is um you know when i'm very fortunate to have um to to have a partner now fiance who is um you know but we're a team right so um she sort of makes me also what who i am as well and sort of um enhances those sort of uh, values sort of makes me sort of stronger as well which is fantastic but complete and um, undeniable support for it, which is great. In arguably the most uh, potentially stressful year of my life, which sort of coincides with me getting married as well. Um, so um, you know, arguably was that a um, was that sort of an extra risk, but it, it sort of had to be done. But she was super supportive under the, the circumstances, and I think from my parents and an immediate family's perspective, again the same for for, for them. Um, you know, they they were business owners themselves, and um, you know have a lot of trust that whatever I'm going to do I'm going to do it my my or give it my all um and you know if you know that some things work out some things don't but you know we understand that you're going to give it absolutely everything so it will work out um we've got 100% confidence in you so super super supportive and again that really pumps you up as well to have that that network it also happens that the business model and business plan were extremely uh, robust as well which I can sort of go into because it is a fantastic uh, concept but again just having even those sort of initial sort of test the waters like what what's my partner going to think what's my parents going to think about um you know the fact that i'm considering doing this but yeah just complete support which gives you that conviction as well and um, not that i didn't have it but it's great because that really sort of lifts you up as well so i'm very fortunate in in that respect because i know that i have friends that have gone on to start businesses etc who might have had a little bit more pushback um, which again, you know, that could fuel them in in their own way. But my um, I say my immediate circle of friends and family are very, very supportive and have a lot of belief uh, in me. But also my co-founders f- fundamentally, like when you look at it as a as a package, which we can um, sort of discuss. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, I think support obviously helps, right? And I think if you're in the unfortunate position where it's not not reciprocated and they're sort of questioning your your decision i think you actually took you said you've got a robust business plan and it sort of goes all the way back to what we were talking about before which is like questioning it like saying right so i'm going to do this these people are saying that it's not a good idea there's a couple of people saying it is a is a good idea what what can i do to reaffirm that and actually rather than just going let's do it question it quickly obviously but like questions and, and actually have a proper why are those what are their concerns why are those concerns there and how can you potentially overcome them to keep the relationship or if it's something that you're truly passionate about and truly want to move forward with 
question it yourself and say, well, how can I make this work and what can I do to sort of sort of achieve this? Um, supports the holy grail, right? And I think it comes eventually, but it's great if you can get it from 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 day one. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, lovely. So I just want to, I sort of want to touch on your sort of that sort of transition. So. Um, like, like I said, live life. It seems like you're trying to squeeze a lot into this year. So this is uh, <laughs> you'll be uh, you'll be buying a camper van next, and uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, traveling Australia. <laughs> so that'll be uh, December's mission. But uh, yeah, it's 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 quite a big step, and it's a big step up. Like, how have you balanced everything? What does your sort of life look like now? How do you keep yourself above water, focused, and keep keep all these these plates spinning i think that balance is important but balance in a routine so i'm quite regimented during the week um so i get up i've always sort of got up fairly early but i get up at, without sounding sort of very cliche here get up early do a gym session but i think that's good because you it's good for the, the head but it gets me focused into firstly a time routine which is great because i know that where i'm going to be between the hours of sort of 5am and let's say 9am I know exactly what's going on because it has to be militant in, in the morning um, so that, that's good from a structure perspective but I can be really productive um, and just like me as an individual I'm an early riser I'm not very good after a certain point so it gives me I know this is where I'm going to do my squeeze my exercise in this is where I'm going to do my working day and then this is where I can have some downtime or spend some quality time um, you know with, with with my family with um, you know with my partner etc etc so um I think balance is is important, and if I wouldn't, I would definitely not advocate just zooming in on one of those. For example, just working and then maybe neglecting, you know, doing that either that exercise or that walk that you needed, or you know, if you were going to go see a friend, go and see a see a friend. Because I definitely did do the whole workaholic and neglected, for example, the sort of health, the gym side of things, which um, definitely has a negative impact on not only sort of your performance to do, do your job, but there's lots of sort of elements that, that sort of come with that. So I think just being balanced um, and sort of knowing uh, what, what makes you tick, what makes you operate well. I've learned a lot about myself in terms of, you know, what time do I need to be going to bed? And I mean, I'm, I'm not a robot by any means. However, I would know to myself, if I go to bed at 11, I'm probably going to not feel as fresh when my alarm hits at, at 5 a.m. that I would if I went to bed at 10 and it's just being a bit mindful of those so my week my weekdays are very very sort of uh, regimented to a degree but with that downtime um, that, that's needed and I think that's allows you not to burn out which I think is really important because then that also means that obviously the weekends which you know you can spend some time to relax I've, I'm not burnt out I don't feel like I do need to completely relax and take my foot off the gas on the weekend because it has been a fairly sustainable week so I can you know, do what work needs to be done on the weekends as well. And it, 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 for me, it's provided a really nice balance. Whereas previously I would work consistently Monday to, to Friday, burn myself out, spend Saturday, Sunday recovering. And you've just got this almost like this vicious cycle. So considering the other factors that make you tick, make you perform, make you happy, et cetera, are super important. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, one I, I'm not a morning person. I still have a morning routine. It's a very short routine because I have to be out the door. But I, yeah, I, it's still the same. I still think it's really important. And I think that's, you say, oh, cliche. It's it's what works for you, right? So like my energy is ironically, unless I'm speaking to a lot of people, 
if I'm just working all day, my energy actually gets bigger. So for me, I I work out in the evening because I, I sort of need that to to decompress. But it's 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 that questioning, right? What's works for me? How is it going to work for me? And and sort of formulating your your own plan. And consistency isn't perfection, right? So like if you're doing something, it doesn't have to be every day. It just needs to be consistent, not perfect. 100%. Yeah, and you, that's how you get those sort of incremental gains as well without realizing you're improving, right? If you're, you know, you keep to the same routine, it's like the little incremental things, well, are you going to get a little bit stronger, a little bit fitter, a little bit more productive in your work? And before you know it, you get this sum that's greater than, the, the sum is greater than the, you know, the aggregate part. So um, it, it's exactly that. Yeah, and uh, like it's it can be anything and it can be, it can be small. And I think for me, so just to, just to touch on, uh me personally when i was going through this whole thing almost a year ago now uh i i didn't have anything i'd i'd lost everything because my my whole thing was just business and i was just like i have to do business and then as soon as that stopped i was just a bloke uh, i start ironically in his pants on his sofa which is not a good look for anyone so that was the first thing I did was create that morning routine and like I didn't have anywhere to go. That was the irony, but I still did it because it, I knew it was important to get back into, into something. And then that's where everything else stemmed from and everything else sort of felt clearer. You just, you just naturally feel a little bit accomplished and yeah. Yeah. You just massively. Of- so I think it's very underrated, like having these little routines and I touched upon it very well, the, the sort of um, early parts of the sort of conversation around those, you know, again, arguably mundane sort of checklists for the most average task it could possibly be. But if you're rattling through this, this tick list, you are accomplishing things. And it is whether it's psychological um, or whether it's a placebo, I've, I've no idea. But for me, it definitely works. And obviously, it sounds like the same for yourself, following that routine, boxing those things off. And you sort of get this like it reignition of, of energy of sort of um yeah of a, a bit clearer really you just you see things a little bit clearer yeah definitely i i don't know maybe it's supposed to i think you might get a bit of dopamine who knows uh but yeah no nice so yeah let's let's touch on the the new venture what's uh what's it all about and how is it how's it going so far so the new venture is a business called boodle and um, so i've got myself and three co-founders who have um, created boodle uh, boodle is an open banking payment solution for uk e-commerce businesses and smb businesses effectively we enable um, e-commerce and smb businesses to easily accept an open banking payment which is basically a rapid bank transfer so either at their e-commerce checkout or on their invoicing structure or sequence. So whether they want to send an invoice with a link, we can allow a customer to make a payment safe and securely within six to 10 seconds with um, considerably lower fees and instant settlements versus cards. So we're effectively positioning ourselves as an alternative to to card payments and some of the other payment methods you may be accustomed to. Um, But it's going really well. We're um, relatively um, early in our journey. So we were founded um, in March 2022, um, we raised some money in October 2022 to sort of get off the ground. And um, obviously now we're in we're in July and we've, we've accomplished a lot in a short period of time. But um, the most single handedly, I guess, the most zoom, the, the most important bit for me that I want to zoom in on is the importance of for me that our co-founders. So I've got a 
fantastic team around. Not only have I touched upon, you know, they're great for you know supporting me and, and helping me from the sort of health and fitness side. A great bunch, really talented and smart. But ultimately, you know, again, it's one of those scenarios where the four of us have sort of come together and there's a, a lot of synergy, a lot of, um, you know, pressure is taken off when it's four of us. So very fortunate. I've got a very talented team, but it's helped us get through high times, low times, challenging times as, as sort of a four, but all going going very well. It just blink and it's July. It doesn't seem like two minutes ago since it, it sort of started up. So uh, yeah, all going well so far. Amazing. And if you'd like to try it out, it's at the True Man checkout. So you can uh, both buy my course and uh, also use Sam's payment platform and see how Absolutely. smooth, and smooth, it, smooth it is. Uh, I can uh, I can attest. And we're making a cheeky plug there as well. If you uh, go to the App Store and download the Boodle app, you will get some nice rewards um, for spending through Boodle as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I encourage you to do that too. <laughs> yeah, you can use my referral link, not Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, nice. I'll put that in, actually. Um, so... Yeah, you're right. Co-founders are so important. We've, I think we've both done solo businesses, right? And uh, this time around as well, I, I have a co-founder and it's uh, oh, so much easier. Basically. It really is. It's, um, it's not only easier from sort of, for me, from a stress perspective, from, you know, my mental well-being perspective, but I think pace of delivery, I'm sure you can attest to this. You've got, you've got double the, the sort of horsepower um, with a co-founder. And in my sort of um, scenario, four, four times, and it's, it's great because you just, you're constantly moving forward if one person's not having um the best of days um you know for, for whatever reason you know you've got the others to to supplement that and sort of keep you moving forward so yeah ma- massive uh, massively grateful and, and certainly would would never sort of go go solo um, again yeah no i i completely agree and i just just a sort of final question uh i guess what's what's next for sam as a man was was the plan to the rhyme so, yeah that was, i like the rhyme actually that was uh intentional um so for me i guess the next challenge for, for me and something you know again which i won't have experienced but will will be married life um so i'm getting married um in in only a few months now so again a new aspect to, to life and um, which will bring its amazing upsides also you know i'm sure um the occasional challenge as well so a new sort of um yeah a new sort of challenge really which i'm very much looking forward to but again as well you know running that in comparison sorry in parallel obviously as the business scales that is going to unlock um you know different challenges different you know environments that um you're going to be testing for for all of us but um you know exciting as well you know whether that's the need to travel internationally and maybe tick off that box which you mentioned you know being able to to sort of travel overseas who knows so i guess um it's going to evolve me as a as a man, um, you know, or try and test me. But I think if I can stay true to my uh, my, my values, um, you know, I'm, well, I'm excited for for sort of the coming years. But yeah, as I say, marriage being the the, the sort of main main new sort of challenge on the horizon or opportunity. Amazing. Uh, wish you all the success and happiness with that, and obviously success in your in your business as well. Sam, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for watching and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks very much, Lewis. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.